Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to another edition of Leader Manager Coach. Welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you along. Now today in the episode I'm going to talk about a subject which is absolutely fundamental and key to football to professional football, to youth football, to senior football. It's one of the four corners that the English FA talk about. And it's an absolute fundamental. And it's formed an enormous part of my own professional life in many ways. And it's something that I've worked in and I've worked on and really looked to understand and observed and hopefully in today's episode I'm going to be able to pass on some of that experience from those years and learning from other people, some great people as well, so that you can fully understand what it is and why it is and how how it is regarding this particular subject. Now this particular subject is physical competency and the physical aspect in sport and particularly football. And I'm entitled, really, this episode is of why physical competency is key to success in elite football. And there's no doubt about it that it is a key to success because without it, there is little chance of, of real success. And what I'm going to talk about in this episode are what are the key components of physicality or physical competence? We're going to talk about their development and how they interlink and how they relate to each other and what they are. We're going to talk about something called windows of opportunity, which is all to all about the development and is all about particularly youth player development. And we're going to talk about the fundamental real reason why I call it the undeniable truth as to why this aspect of football is so vital and so vital that it, it's done and it's trained and, it's, and it evolves correctly and at the right time in order to get players to their optimal level. And we'll come on to why that is as, as we go on. So the key components of physicality that I'm going to talk about are strength, speed, power, and proprioception. One of the things I'm not going to talk about necessarily is flexibility. I'm going to talk about strength, speed, power, and proprioception, first of all. Look, there's no doubt about it that if you do the right things, if you perform the right exercises and you have the right musculature and, and obviously, first of all, we have to have a baseline 
of ability. And we have to have the right genetics that will allow you that, you're, that the physical body of the, the potential player or the person who's playing football at a young age, and I'm talking about children here to start with, and I'm talking about the possibility of development into elite football, and I make no apologies for that. So as much as I am the biggest proponent there is of grassroots football and for everybody to get involved at whatever level, what we're talking about here is the possible development on into elite football and the professional game. So you have to have, to start with, a baseline of fundamental genetic material to work with. And, and the young players have to have that initial status whereby they're physically able to perform at, at a very, very basic level. And that's, that's a taken and a given. And you know, some people aren't at that level and they have to choose pathways that are different than, than professional sport. But with the right input, with the right development and the right programs, these young people can develop into robust, resilient athletes. Footballers who are excellent physically, are resistant to injury and can really compete at the top level. That is what can happen with the right input. And this physical aspect is, it really is, as I've said, one of the vital foundations for success in football. And as the game is today with the Premier League and the status of the, these athletes who are at the top of their game, without this physical prowess, there is virtually hardly any prospect of being successful. Because if you cannot compete physically, there is very little opportunity for you to dominate any aspect of professional football today you know you do need to possess the the attributes of strength of speed of power and of this balance and proprioception and the things that go along with that which are the resilience to allow you to train and allow you to play and compete regularly and do it again and again week in week out that or those those things are what come out of that ability, those abilities to play week in, week out, to week in, week out, to compete, are what come out of having the strength, the speed, the power, and that balance that allow you to do that. Now, these all these physical attributes, to one degree or another, can start to be developed from an early age. And they will make a phenomenal difference throughout the football in life in even in the developmental years they help players to stand out they give them confidence it makes them feel better about themselves and it gives them an ability to do things and it, it's the earlier that these things are developed these facets are developed these aspects are developed properly and in the right way and appropriately, the better it is. The earlier they develop, the better it is. So let's just look at, at, at strength and speed. Well, we often, when, when somebody says, oh, strength and speed, we, we probably automatically go to thinking about the very best and strongest player or person or athlete 
that we can think of and the fastest athlete that we can think of. So we probably think of a senior player or somebody who's, who's, who we know who's at the top of their game. We have to remember that it's all relative and that's the end result. That's the, the top of the tree after 15, 20 years of hard work and consistent effort. But strength and speed are things that, yes, are developed maximally by the time somebody comes to that level, but the foundations are put in in the early stages. But before we get into the detail, what, what is strength? Because people often think they understand what these terms are. Strength is the ability to utilize the musculoskeletal system, the muscles, the joints, the bones, the ligaments, all in combination to move a resistance. And that resistance might be the human body. So that is what the strength is. It's that muscular power that facilitates that ability to move a resistance and the greater the strength, the greater the resistance that can be moved or resisted. Obviously, with the body, the joints, the bones, the ligaments, and everything else that, can, that, that makes up the human body. Speed is the translation of that ability into movement. It's highly unlikely that if somebody is weak, relatively weak or not strong that they will be fast you have to have a contractible muscle that tr can translate the, the the strength into movement and the stronger that physical component is those muscles are the more highly trained they are in controlling the human body the joints and the and the and the bones and the ligaments the faster that that body is likely to be so the two are highly linked together and then we have the component of power and it's really easy to misunderstand power power is just strength in, with a component of time. So if you can lift 10 kilograms and that is your maximum you can lift or move, that is a, a measure of your strength. If you can lift or move that 10 kilograms 12 times in a certain period of time, for example, 30 seconds, then that is your measurement of power. So it's the amount of work you can do, the amount of strength or the amount of resistance you can overcome in relationship to a time factor. So it's work times time. So that's what power is. And how does that relate to sport and football? Well, obviously in football, you don't just do something once, you're in a game for however long it is. If you're a youngster, it's a certain amount of time. You know, you get into your teenage years, it's 80 minutes. Then you get into the senior game, it's 90 minutes. You have to repeat those movements, those runs, that work time and time and time again. And that is power. So you have to have an extra 
facet and that extra ability. It's not just about being strong and running 100 meters once, being Usain Bolt in 10 seconds, it's all finished. You have to do it over 90 minutes and that requires different physical attributes. That is what power is. So that's strength, speed, and power. And obviously the last one, we call it balance, call it proprioception, call it agility. We're talking about the same thing. That ability to move quickly, to move your feet, to stay on balance, not fall over, to maintain that position. And the faster we are moving, the, the, the more factors try and impede us, the better our balance and our agility has to be. And all this is heavily and strongly related to injury prevention and resilience. So there we have the four factors that we're talking about, the strength, the speed, which is the translation of the strength into movement, the power, which is the translation of the strength or speed into, into a time factor, and the balance or proprioception. And that's what we're talking about. And what's really important is that all these are worked properly in the early years to create a foundational platform, a high quality foundational platform that allows the development of these key skills to the optimum level later on. Now, this foundation of efficient movement skills that allow the development, the optimal development of speed, the optimal development of strength and, and power and, and, and balance. The earlier that this foundation is put in place, the better. Now, what is this foundation? It's not lifting weights. It's not doing high repetitions. It's not doing the things that senior players do because young people are not mini adults. Young people are young people with soft, pliable, different structures in their bodies compared to mature 18, 19, 20 plus year old adults. We are different. Yes, the, the physiology and the anatomy has similarities, but you cannot, it is a mistake to consider young people, young players, young athletes as mini adults. They are different and they require different inputs. So we talked about the four components that we want to touch on. We talked about how they, what they actually are. And we talked about that there are things that can be put in place in the early stages for them to do, for, for them to be developed optimally. And the thing that can be put in place, as I've said, is this foundational platform of high quality, efficient movement skills that give this basis for the strength, the speed, the power to develop, to be developed later on. And there are movement patterns and movement skills of basic movements that will allow that. Let me just give you an example. And these are real life stories. So I've worked with elite players and I'm talking about elite players. People who you will know of as household names, depending upon obviously when you're listening to this podcast, but people who've been international players and I've worked with them. And when I first worked with them, I've watched them do, for example, a squat exercise or a lunge exercise. And 
they have had an inability to do a high level, correct, efficient, real good quality squat or lunge movement. They haven't had the correct control, the correct movement efficiency, the correct balance components and the correct flexibility in the associated muscle groups to allow those movements to be real high quality. But what happens is, as they get older and they get into the time when they're allowed to use free weights and resistances, that they start to use weights and resistances. And there are people who cannot perform a movement, a full squat movement or a lunge movement, for example, without any resistance and yet they're going on and then they're being asked and advised or they're doing it of their own free will they're using increased resistance and all that happens is they have to work in a compromised situation a compromised position and do smaller ranges of movement and use less weight than they should or they do it incorrectly and use other muscle groups to help them and it doesn't look great. Now all that is really difficult to change in the later stages or at this point. It has to be done in the early stages when players have the flexibility and the time and the body type to learn and correct so that they have this platform of real simple, basic, fundamental movement patterns of the lower limb that are as near to to perfect and I don't like using that word but as, as the bet the best we can get for professional sport professional football and that brings us on to this window of opportunity that I talked about because you know in the development of young people young players there are real important considerations regarding the ability of the body to cope and respond with these training stresses at certain ages, young people can deal with certain things. The body can deal with certain things. And there are things that are appropriate and there are things that are not. And if you try and do things that are not right, there is a risk of harm to the body. You overtax, you ask too much, and you put the person at risk. And the demands are, are in excess of what that body can deal with. But there are windows of opportunity. And in the early stages, and this has to be balanced with the psychological state of people because, you know, kids of, of seven, eight and nine don't want to stand there in line and do repetitive exercises for 30 minutes. They want to have fun and run around. And yet you can still coach them and you can still train them and you can still facilitate, facilitate in them the beginnings of these efficient movement patterns by doing some simple things with them, making it fun, doing full squat exercises, just one or two repetitions, doing lunge exercises with the ball, making it fun and throwing the ball and adding control factors in as they get better, doing dip exercises on one foot or the other. And these are things that can be done at an early stage which facilitate and begin that process because young bodies really take things on quickly and develop and then as you get into the age of 9 10 11 12 
and people get more disciplined, children get more disciplined and you can structure their training sessions and their physical activities more. Then you can focus on completion of highly successful, highly efficient, full range movements. Not masses of them, not 20s and 30s, but 5s and 10s. Where you get them to understand what it feels like to do a real good full squat, a real good full lunge exercise with total core control. And what it feels like to do a controlled dip exercise so that they feel in total control of their, their body. They understand how their ankle feels in that situation, their knee feels in that situation, how their trunk and their core feel. And you can add in throwing balls and exercises that make things more difficult as time goes on for increasing challenge and it, it keeps them interested. But these are the windows of opportunity. If we don't do these things at these stages, by the time somebody gets to 16, 17, even 14 and 15, and they've started to get changes in their muscle and they've started to get tight and adaptations and things change, it's much more difficult because of the lack of pliability, because of the pace that the elite sport moves on at, because of the time factors, because of the number of influences that are going on in people's lives and players' lives and the demands technically and tactically, in addition to the physical element. It's much more difficult and it's so much better to get these beautiful things in place to create this perfect, let me take away that word perfect, this great foundation of solid, efficient, basic movement patterns where people have got the right amount of flexibility. They've already developed these balance and proprioceptive receptive mechanisms because kids love to balance and do balance games and do these movement patterns, these little agility games. And it's they, they can get these movement patterns that are the foundation to allow them and then when you to, to, to move on and when you add the resistance to it, they just keep the same movement patterns, but their muscles get stronger, their ligaments get stronger, their bones are stronger, and they just do the same movements but with the increased resistance and it looks great. It's easy on the eye and they're so much more efficient and their optimum level of strength, speed and power is through the roof. Never mind their resistance and resilience to injury compared to people who haven't been through that program of specific exercises at the right time, specific activities at the right time during their developmental years. So these are the windows of opportunity. And it's when you get to 18, obviously 16, 17, 18, that you can start to use increased resistance. And not really before that, it's not necessary. Before the age of 15, and there's always that little bit of gray area of ages, but before the age of 15, it should be a concentration on quality movement patterns and controlling body weight and doing these basic fundamental movements of squats, of lunges, of dips, and some upper body work to encourage real high quality movement and body and muscle and joint control so that you get this basis to work from that allows you to put resistance on, to put weight on, and then work from there as a broad base and 
push onwards and upwards for optimal improvement as the player gets older. You try and put the weight on and resistance on when somebody hasn't got those basic fundamental movement patterns in place. And that's when you get all kinds of compromises and people start to break down and are much more prone to injury. So that's what we're talking about. And you know, the undeniable truth, as I, as I talked about before, is that if you follow this, if you have the opportunity to follow this, then you will really put in place this fundamental strength, this fundamental confidence, this fundamental ability to move in certain ways that not only allows people to develop physically to their optimum, but actually gives them that ability to resiliently work through the demands that professional football has to play and train consistently through 15, 20 years or more at the level of the elite player today is no mean feat. And the physical consequences of doing that are well documented in the physical condition of players who've played the, the, the professional game. And the human body will be in such a better, um, a better state to, to deal with those stresses and those demands by going through these windows of opportunity correctly. That, as I've said, not only will they be able to develop to their optimal level, they'll actually be able to deal with the demands of the profession so much better. So that's what we've got. We've got these four components. We've got these windows of opportunity where they need to de be developed at certain times. In the early years, it's all about developing efficient, simple, uncomplicated movement patterns that give the foundation, the balance, the proprioception, all in the early years. That consolidation process carries on until about the age of 14, 15, and around that, area, that age. And then from 16 onwards, there can start to be a process of increased resistance, increased power demands, increased endurance demands as puberty takes place, as physical maturation processes in the body take place that allow the body to deal with increased resistance and increased demands onwards and upwards incrementally into the senior years. It's put very simply and obviously there's a lot more meat to put, be put on the bone on top of that but basically those are the fundamental reasons why physical competency is so key to success in elite youth football and the earlier we start and the, the better our understanding of what players need in what times of their lives the better we'll be and the more you know we care about our young players so that we do the right things and we influence them to do the right things at the right time the better it will be for all of us and uh, if anybody's interested there is um, all of this information has been put down practically in the leader manager coach dominate your game program which is Available at Leader Manager Coach, Dominate Your Game is a physical conditioning program that is appropriate and has got appropriate programs for young players from uh, young children, eight, nine years old, 
through to all the way up through to senior players. So we've divided it up into four areas so that you can have the appropriate exercise, the appropriate input and, and the appropriate demands on the body for young children, for young, very young players, then for, for youth players and so on, up right the way through to, to the senior level. So that it takes you all the way through doing all the key things. So the platform's in place so it's done safely, so it's done appropriately, and it gives this wonderful foundation that allows players to reach their optimum level physically. So that's physical competency and why it's key to success in elite, elite youth football. I do hope that's answered a few questions. So if there's anything that uh, you want to know, let me, let me know. But um, check out Dominate Your Game, and um, I hope you've got something out of that. All right, it's Rob Riles, leader, manager, coach. Catch you later. Bye-bye.